0: Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com right now and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com is the men's accessory marketplace. We all know that Cufflinks.com has Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Star Trek, Mandalorian, Disney, every amazing geeky thing. They have products that match your desires, as well as having the classic wearable art brands like Ox and Bull, Hook and Albert, and of course, Cufflinks' own brand, Cufflinks, baby. We all know that there's a coronavirus going around, and we want everyone to be safe and happy, and a lot of things have been canceled, okay? And a lot of sales that Cufflinks had have been canceled too, NCAA, things like that, but- They have now put over 700 items on their sale page to get a great discount while people are planning that next outing with their friends. When this all clears up and you go out, you're still going to have to look good. So head over to cufflinks.com today. We wish you and your family well. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the West World Theory Cast. My name, of course, is Axel, and my co-host today on Monday is Ken. Ken, how you doing, pal?
1: Axel, you are my sunshine. So I'm doing great because I'm talking to you. I feel the same way, man.
0: Yeah, just ha- we're having a little, uh, little pre-COVID talk. We hope everyone out there is doing well, staying healthy. And keeping up your spirits, because that's what you got to do. And we're going to try to do that for you today by talking about Westworld Season 3, Episode 3, The Absence of Field. Of course, we come to you three times a week. Monday, it's Ken and I. Wednesday, Jenny, Brett, and I. Friday, Gina, Tim, and Andy. Go over to DVR Podcast Network, and you can find out more about that. And do take a moment, if you can, to give us a review on the iTunes, the Stitcher, the Spotify, the what have you, all those different things, that appy things. And you can also become a patron at patreon.com slash DVR. That's all for my little silly intro. Let's get on with the show. I thought this was a great episode. Um, yeah. I do have the poem. Before I forget, I have the poem. And when we get into it, we can. Uh, I'll read that. That this cool. the title is based on. It's a really interesting poem, and I think it says a lot about this episode. What were your kind of overall thoughts of this? How'd you take it?
1: Well, after last week's somewhat "quote unquote" light episode, which it really wasn't, but still for Westworld, it was. It was really kind of nice to get back—not nice, but just I—I I, I was ready to have another kind of darkly dense episode um kind of typical westworld. Um the other thing I realize and I don't know how you feel about this, but I kind of feel like for maybe the first time westworld is doing character-centric episodes. Um not like lost for sure, but still for them, I feel I kind of feel like they focused on Dolores and Caleb in the first episode. And obviously last week's was a Maeve and Bernard centric episode. And then last night, I feel like Charlotte really had a chance to shine. Um, And it was great to kind of spend that much time with her, both in the past and the present. Um, you and I've talked many times already just in, you know, two and a half episodes or two episodes and then the little we've talked about this one, how much this season kind of feels differently than past seasons, and we're not the first ones to say that, obviously, so it's not like a unique perspective. But I feel like that's one of the ways that this season feels different, is the way that they're sort of honing in on either one character or two characters, whereas with seasons one and two, there's a lot going on in each episode. They would cut to lots of different locations, lots of different storylines. So I'm really enjoying this kind of deep character dive. I totally agree. Um, I I think that
0: if the compromise was to make a more straightforward overall narrative, time-wise, was to then pull back on that type of mystery and amp up the character stuff and the relationship that they have to each other, then they are succeeding. I think it's fantastic. I love – um, excuse me, I love this episode because of exactly what you're talking about. I was really surprised when they started with this stuff with Charlotte um and the son- and her son, and just how we start right out with like her body being built and you know Dolores waking her up come come back online. I felt well- like. Oh, I was really into who is she? Who is she? But then slowly I became more interested in what is she? How is she feeling? What's going on here? The crying, the hurting herself, the like the desperate calls to Dolores. It
1: was really out of sorts. It really was. And it was great. I mean, you and I were talking last week about, like, who is Charlotte? She was someone before she went to the park last season. You know, she had a life. She has a history. We want to know more about it. And even though we didn't get the full story on Charlotte, we got some really thought-provoking glimpses into her life. And there's a lot we did learn about her pre-park visit life from season two. Um, And I do agree with you about all the present day stuff that she was experiencing emotionally, because a lot of it is tied into the theme of identity. And that's a big theme for this entire story is what makes you who you are, whether you're a human, whether you're a host, what makes up your identity And that is the very thing that Charlotte, quote-unquote Charlotte, was struggling with last night is who is she? And and, and we were – and the clever thing about it is while the audience is literally asking who is she, who is inside that body, is it someone – it has to be someone we know, right? Like who is inside that body that Dolores built at the beginning of the episode? So we're asking that question, who is she? Like, literally, who is she? But she herself was also asking, who am I? Even though she knows who she is, but she was asking it in a very complicated, emotional, esoteric way. Because there seems to be some side effects going on. And it's fascinating. And the ramifications of that are also really super interesting. Yeah. And I think it does tie direct. I'll read the poem because I think this is a
0: beautiful poem. I'm going to do my best to recite it. Uh, And I think it's talks speaks directly to that. Keeping Things Whole by Mark Strand. In a field, I am the absence of field. This is always the case. Wherever I am, I am what is missing. When I walk, I part the air and always the air moves in. To fill the spaces where my body's been we all have reasons for moving i move to keep things whole damn that's some deep stuff yep. talking about the spaces in between that keep the strands together being the absence being what yep. is That is a lot of what Westworld has always been talking about, right? Yeah. The duality of things, acceptance of that, um, figuring out how to accept your own consciousness, what you are, what that even means. And that's exactly right. What we're seeing in Hale, we've seen – um, a man who died, and his consciousness was put into a host, James Delos, and how he took that, yeah, we've seen a man who um basically killed himself suicide via host, Arnold, who was then reconstructed by the memories of Dolores and Ford, and then yeah. almost reconstructed in a sense not completely but in a way again by Dolores when she brought him back online in the mainland.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And we've seen hosts come from computer to conscious, but now we see a host that Dolores, we still don't know who it is, but this host definitely was on the verge or going on the road of consciousness, right? By the way it speaks within hail. Yeah. Now, still dealing with that being put into another body and another life. And there must be some programming that is also augmented to make them act more like hail, right. Automatically yeah. um, how they deal with that. So it's like this show, I mean, how many other angles can they come? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. at you with, and I just yeah. did not expect to be kind of, really blown away by this examination of her and this, like the poem and the title, it all works.
1: And let's not forget Tessa Thompson's performance. Cause none of this would work unless she was an a plus actress, yeah. which thankfully she is, um, all due probably, to Veronica Mars, of course. Right. Well, really due to the producer <laughs> Veronica Mars, who, who know, who, who realized that she's a very talented young woman. Um, and and brought her on 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 their show, um, yeah she she brought the goods last night. She delivered a fantastic performance. My my heart was breaking. My stomach was turning for her. Like I was I felt uncomfortable when she was uncom- Like when she was looked like she was being tortured. Um, so and she was torturing herself or just feeling tortured. Um, you know, in the last few years, there's been a lot of dialogue in our world about, about the education of, of the plight of people who aren't, tra- who are transsexual, who are born transsexual. Um, and how, you know, how terrible it is to feel like you're trapped in the wrong body. And a lot of us have gotten an education about that in the last five to 10 years, um, because most of us don't know what that would feel like. Um, it, it's inconceivable for me personally to know what that would actually feel like. But just imagining it is torture. And so Hale, this isn't the same situation, but it's sort of akin to that because she she is also feeling something something about the skin she's in um and and it's causing her to feel a certain level of distress particularly emotional distress um and it was riveting last night it really was that's a great um <clears throat> that's a great
0: analogy um i think that it's interesting there's so many different references to the matrix so far this season and looking back at the matrix it's pretty obvious, I guess, to, to me at least, to see that both of the men who wrote The Matrix are now women. Yeah. And when you see what The Matrix is about, even down to um, the casting choices, right? The androgynous nature of so, many, uh, so much of the clothing yeah. that was within there, you see that that was what they were talking about when they were saying waking up in some way they were working through something as all creators do, right? And communicating that to the audience. And I think that there's elements of that very much so in this, and we still don't know that could be Teddy for all we know. We haven't even got to our guesses yet, right? Like it could be that that's part of it. What it kind of works out to be what we see though is like, Hale is a woman as the poem talks about, Who has chosen, it seems, in her life with her interactions with the man who seems to be her? um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but we're talking, so I'm going with it. Michael Ely, who is either her ex, you know, the father of her her child, her ex husband, her present husband. It's not really, they seem, she seems to be so dedicated to her business that it doesn't matter, right?
1: Yeah, right. Like
0: the way he talks to her is typical of, it doesn't matter what their relationship is, is cause really there's one thing that's always number one for her. That's her career. Yeah. It's not her child. It's not her husband. Um, right. and so for a host to step into that while trying to be human is, is like, it's so interesting. So you think like it would be easy for that host to step into a a human that acts more robotic, but it's actually more difficult. And I yeah. think that's why you see that the crying, the emo like she, the, there's that one point where the other board member guys are talking to her about how uh, there's a mole in the company, you know, and yeah. she turns away and you can tell she's thinking of her kid and, and the video. And she just starts trembling and crying. Yeah. And it's like her programming is, you know, like does not compute, you know, it's really, yeah. it's interesting stuff. And it kind of reminds me of last week where we saw Maeve confuse the simulation. She is like internally, that's what is happening. Whatever is getting confused, like I need to act emotionally. Hum- no, I'm a host, but this person acts like a host. It's really a kind of fascinating thing where it might it, be, it might be easier for a host to jump into a body of a person who's really like happy and loving, you know, because then they can just kind of act that way.
1: Yes. Or I mean the bigger question is like um what's what's the what's the nexus between soul and body and what like what's, what's the potential conflict if a soul is in a, is in a foreign body or, you know, what's the nature of the, the, the the soul body, you know, like it's just, there's so many, like the best of hard science fiction. This is asking a lot of really important, complicated questions about your soul, your body, your identity. Um, Uh, your your ability to make choices versus people who may be or things that or energy that may be making choices for you like how like how omnipotent are you in your own life and how much of life is happening to you yeah. like these are all really important big questions and this show is talking about all of it
0: and it i think it's um it the the timing is a little weird when we start out Dolores is sitting there with the other um pearls. One of them is Bernard's and we can also see it's Bernard's because it's like, it's both red and black kind of Yeah,
1: yeah. where yeah.
0: the, where the pure hosts are black and like the Delos one was all red. So Bernard's kind of like, in betweenish almost but they made he was like something different right he was right. made by Ford and uh specifically to be that Bernard character and that must that had to have taken place before Bernard's body was made and this is yeah. initially when Hale is brought back online and almost as soon as she this is what I found weird is Almost as soon as she's brought back online, she, Dolores doesn't bring her online and it's like, hey, let's chill a little bit. No, like two minutes later, she's like, you have to pretend to be this person. So, what you're talking about has something to do with it too, which is the relationship between what she's being forced to do by Dolores. Yeah. And it's very much against. Where, like, Maeve was letting people make their own decisions and trying not to push certain hosts right towards enlightenment. Um, and Dolores last season had to make that decision with Teddy. She doesn't seem to have learned too much from Teddy killing himself because she's doing the same thing to this host. Yeah, forcing them into this, like giving them no time to have a choice
1: in it, right? And not even giving them time to, like, quote unquote, assimilate. Yeah. Like you were saying, like it's like, <laughs> like right down to business. <laughs> <laughs> like at least you
0: know you would think, um, hey Dolores, why don't you do this? What whoever this is, first build them their old body, so when they come back online, they're in their old body. You know what I yeah. mean? They're they're okay. Let him chill for – but she's so insistent that they have to – we have to get to work. We have to do this. Um, And the whole episode ends with Serac saying to Hale, you know, you don't have a lot of time, right? Yeah. So time is of the essence. So she doesn't have the opportunity to do that. But mistakes were made, right? Like – That's that's what's – when you do that, you shove them into that body. She's not really being – she's being very Ford-like here and not really kind of having any empathy towards the experience. And plus, she's ignoring all her phone calls.
1: (laughs) That's right. Well, the other thing, the other like literal surfacy thing that Dolores could pick up on as far as her own existence goes is that she had 30 or 40 years to get to the place, to get to the center of the maze. Yeah. Right. yeah she so took true. a long time. She took a long time to get to the point where she shot Ford. It took, I mean, all of William's life. Pretty much most of William's life. So 30 years, maybe 30, 35 years. So for her to not give that same space to other hosts is really sort of inconceivable because she herself had all of that time to sort of come to terms with who she is. Yeah, that's a great point. That's
0: a great point. As did Maeve, right? It's and great. as did any of them, but any any of the other hosts had 30 40 year, right? To kind of grow and change and go through their loops and learn. And um and that was part of remember what Ford said to Dolores in the church at the end of season 1. You know, you have a long road ahead of you. You have a journey. You have to learn. You have to go through loss. Yeah. And that's kind of, he saw that coming to an end. That's why that happened. But then Dolores, is maybe she moving too quick, but also we don't know what she knows about Rehoboam and Sirach and what else is going on in the outside world. Yeah. So, that time crunch is on, but I still think that overall, one of the thing my thoughts that came out of this episode is that Dolores is way less in control of what's happening than I think we think she is. She's talking a lot into a phone and making hotel reservations and calling yeah. motorcycles. And she knows stuff about Caleb, but, she's kind of ignoring what's happening with Charlotte. She doesn't really realize what is really going on. And I think she's not as in control as she thinks she is.
1: Well, she's definitely big picture and not small picture for sure. She's all big picture. She's all like, this is the grand plan and I need to keep moving towards the next step in the grand plan. Um, And I'm willing to, you know, Iron over all of these wrinkles, um, you know, or or just push through all of these wrinkles, regardless, because I need to get to the next point of the plan. Whatever the plan, we still don't know what the plan is, though. You know, it's becoming clearer and clearer that that's something to do with the technology that Serac has within sight. But you know, who knows what the fine details of this plan are? So um, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the opening shot of Hale recording uh, that message for, well, at the time we just knew it was for Nathan. We later find out that that is in fact her son, because we did not know that Charlotte had a child um, up until that, up until last night. But anyway, in that message, um, which later on we see the entire message, but, um, Throughout the me- like the the opening shot, and then later on when we get the full message or more of the message, um, how much of that was driven by guilt? All of it? Yeah, it's it 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 was pretty desperate
0: in this sense of uh, it was even robotic too. This is Charlotte Elizabeth Hale, right? Like, right, right. You know, and then it gets more uh, emotional, but yeah, I do think so. I think it was very much a person who doesn't have – because when she met – what clued me into it is when the son said, you know, you're not my mom, and what he was talking about is the mom before the divorce, yeah. right? Yes, yes, um, yes, And I think that maybe we'll, we're going to find out that perhaps her rise in the company, her agreement with Sirach to be this mole – these things all happened around the time of the divorce, you know, yeah. that there was kind of watershed time. And up until that point, children often, um, like you'll, a kid will say, you know, Oh, things were great before when we were on that, but they really weren't, you know, yeah. they just had a semblance of what they could hold on to as a family union. So I think that that was definitely
1: out of, guilt yeah the other thing is you know when you like walk into a room and you can still feel the energy from like the fight that happened in the room like an hour before um i feel like maybe that's a little bit whatever this host who's trapped in charlotte's body is also feeling it's like the residue of energy from charlotte's life I that's that's interesting and I wonder Ken
0: is that a is that a human thing right that mm-hmm. we can sense that hosts don't have the ability to because we talk a lot about consciousness and what makes a human but there's something else that makes us human and that's kind of our I don't know, our magic, you know, I don't know other way to say it. The unexplainable, the, like this, the absence of field. What is that? What she's feeling and can't really, really kind of express or get a handle on. And it, it almost is causing that insanity. Um, or is that something else that's coming in because we see her drawing like the insight symbols on herself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is there, is this a programming thing going on? You know what I'm saying? Like we still have the option here that we don't know how Dolores built her. Right. We yeah. don't know if Dolores implanted part of Hale's code, her book. And created an almost Wyatt-like mixture of yeah. Hale and the other person. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of hard to say, but I think you're right. And what you're talking about is the title of the episode is that the space is in between. What's in between the code, you know?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. I mean, it's probably a mixture of everything, honestly, but that was one thing, particularly in the scene where you see her talking to her uh, ex-husband, presumably her ex-husband, but just her ex-mate, you know, he came in with energy. He came in with the history of energy because he's had a long relationship with this woman because she's the mother of his child. Um, And so – to have to bounce off that energy when it's like like if she's pretending to be her, but she's still coming up against the energy of someone who's known her for a long time and is throwing all this stuff at her based on their history together.
0: If you're selling online, you need ReadyCloud CRM. ReadyCloud CRM keeps you and your team connected through a powerful e-commerce suite for shipping, online returns, and growth marketing. Go to ReadyCloud.com slash pod to start your free trial. ReadyCloud CRM syncs with all popular sales channels, including Shopify. Big Commerce, Magento, WooCommerce, Square, and Amazon. ReadyCloud CRM has the everyday tools you need to review all your orders, quickly ship your orders for less, and handle returns the way Amazon does. Start out today and get one hundred free action alerts by registering at readycloud.com slash pod. That's readycloud.com slash pod. Yeah, that's very true, and you can feel that in her great acting and the, it, I, I felt a lot of that was like play, like, like she was doing asides to us, you know, like turning her face and yeah. a shadow and the way that they were shooting it, where it was creating distance between the subjects. That's not really there. It was really good stuff. Um, but my question is, she seems so ill prepared. You know, in almost all of these situations and does that come back is that is that a result of the emotional and energy aspects that you're talking about, right? Like not being able to read the room? Or is it a result of a lack of preparation or not, or foreknowledge on Dolores' part in helping her craft her character? Because in many ways, Dolores has now become like Sizemore, right? She yeah. has to write a role for her. And it's perhaps it's that lack of imagination, that lack of... You know, in every sci-fi thing, the reason that humans always survive, right? At the end, the person goes, "Well, you, sir, you humans, you're unlike anything I've seen before. You think weirdly and act strangely, and you're emotional. But that's what makes you human, you know. And that's why yeah. I saved you." Is that kind of what's going on um, with with this with this Hale bot that? She can't pick up on any of that because it happens with the, her the husband. It happens with the kid. It happens with the pregnant woman who keeps on giving. Who do you did you pick up on her name?
1: I did not. No. Isn't
0: it interesting that they cast? They either cast or they have her that she's pregnant. Don't you think yeah. that's it? I thought I'm, I'm. I'm still trying to figure that out. I got to try to read around the internet of why. I mean, it's symbolic of many things, but it's just you don't normally see that in a TV show unless it's for like a distinct purpose.
1: Well, it had to be for distinct. I mean, there are no accidents in yeah. the show. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's plotted out. You know, to but the, I mean, in the narrative, great. you know, right. But the whole idea of like, um, of of. Paternity in the biggest sense of that word. I mean, that was a big deal. Is the, Hale Bot's reaction to paternity and to being a parent? Oh, true, to, true. And yeah. so, being around a pregnant woman helped reinforce her new reality that she's now the mother of something. That's so. very, very good. That's so.
0: There we go. Thank you for answering that. That's the podcast, everyone. Um, I uh, But it's with her, with the two guys, right? In the yeah. two boardroom guys. She can't keep her cool around really anyone. And right. um, it is feeling like that, you know, of the energy, the, the past, what she's getting thrown right into this situation. And I think that's pretty interesting because – so many times in other sci-fi shows and hey, this was a plot of future world, them replacing politicians and stuff. Yeah. Um, it just is like, it takes people so long to figure out <laughs> that, right? That something's different. Yeah. But in this case, nobody seems people, even like her husband went, so, I mean, I think Sirak probably figured her out, but it's almost as if a lesson to us that in the other two seasons, when we were talking about how, you know, the big difference between humans and hosts, we were seeing humans at this theme park. Now that they're out in the world and we see the varying degree to which humanity accepts sanity and normal behavior, we see that she is in such a powerful position. And part of the energy that she also brings, which helps her, Ken, is that aloofness, that power suit-wearing power woman thing that she's got going on, right? I'm the CEO, blah, blah, blah. That even her husband, you can tell immediately, he's kind of the more emotional one.
1: Yeah, but here's the great ironic thing is – Halebot is currently acting. Was Charlotte Hale also ultimately acting?
0: Yeah, I think that is. I think that's exactly. I think that's exactly what's going on, and yeah. that's why it's and, so
1: hard to maintain the act. Right. Oh, 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 and especially over the course of time, it's yeah. hard to maintain the act. And the other interesting thing is: is this a scientific science fiction version of a robot having a nervous breakdown? Like that, so that's a really interesting aspect of this, too. Is this how an Android has a nervous breakdown? Is this one of the ways that that could happen? And what are the ramifications of an Android having a mental breakdown? Well, like it's really interesting. It is. And you're absolutely right.
0: There are a lot of similarities between this and the most famous AI having a nervous breakdown, Hal, in 2001. Singing Daisy, Daisy, and this time she's singing You Are My Sunshine, right?
1: Yeah, Same
0: kind of deal going on here. And yes. what in the way that she – now, I feel like, and do you think that when she's on this verge, we we follow her along, she's getting these weird phone calls, which are just – like signals, which at first I thought might be Dolores communicating to her, but then she's calling Dolores and she's not picking up. She's not answering. She's saying she finally goes and meets Dolores. Yeah. Dolores heals her. They have a weird conversation and snuggling
1: on the bed, big spoon,
0: little spoon,
1: Um, Well, I feel like they were walking a line like it didn't feel overtly sexual to me, but it could be sexual. And so I think they're trying to walk the line. Is this Teddy in there? Is this Peter Abernathy in there? Um, If it's Peter Abernathy, then the stuff in the hotel room still works. Right. Um, You would still cuddle with a parent, Um, lovingly cuddle with a parent. Um, or some people might, I don't know if everyone does that, but it's not, (laughs) it's not unheard of for a child to just snuggle with a parent. So, um, so I feel like the stuff in the hotel room particularly was purposefully ambiguous. Um, I agree. I agree. And, and And
0: also we don't know what happened in those, in the time leading up to it. Right. We still that's still a question is we start off it before Bernard's even made. Then we're quickly, yeah. she's already at Delos, right? Yeah. We're finding out about Sorak buying the company. We're seeing security robots. The story is just propelling itself, right? Yeah. Um, so we don't know if they developed some kind of relationship, but we're thinking this relationship is was really one that was developed at the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I like that you said um, Abernathy, we were going back and forth on the live stream with Justin and Johnny and uh, Hacks yesterday. And we had a whole, you know, where I, where I sit is whoever it is. It's also a little bit of a mix of Mm -hmm. hail. Yeah. So I think whoever this is, She has Dolores has done the same thing she did to Teddy, the same thing that was done to her uh, with Wyatt, and she's kind of mixed people together and created maybe even somebody new from someone that existed. Um, But it could be the dad. It was. You're right. It was very ambiguous. But it was. But one thing it was was
1: loving if you could say that, right? Yeah, and Dolores isn't loving with a whole lot of people, yeah. so the, the list instantly becomes pretty short, because there's only a handful of people that Dolores would be that way with. You know what I mean? Yep. So Here's, here's another sense. We're ending up kind of talking about you know, character arcs within episodes, um, which is great. Um, here's a question for you about Charlotte, about the Charlotte storyline last night. Did she turn a corner when she went to pick up her child with, the, with a pedophile, or is that just another example of the breakdown? Uh, that's exactly where I was going, yeah, because it's right after
0: this meeting with Dolores – yeah. And, you know, Dolores reassures her, you're my, you're okay, you're just playing a role, you are yeah. what you owe, right? Like, she, the, she reassures her in many ways and kind of sets her back on track. And then when she watches, when we see her watching the video again, right when she's told, you know, you're late to pick up your kid, she's yeah. not crying. She's yeah. studying it. Yeah. She's looking at it as if she's looking at a different person. And and it was the love of Dolores, the stability, right? Um it reminds me of Penny and Desmond, right? Yeah. Um that's her constant. And now that she's got her constant back, her north star, I think she does take a turn Ken, and I think she returns to the thing that she can recognize from the past life, which is this wanting to eradicate humanity, you know, in a sense, by killing the pedophile guy, you yeah. know, like getting that anger back and basically kind of being like, I'm back on track. If I stay focused on the prize at hand, I can get through this.
1: Well, it's also that scene is also a potential clue as to which host is in this body because is it a host who has a history with parenthood and can easily identify with a child being in danger i like um, it
0: you think so you do think it's peter abernathy
1: i i guess after last night's episode that's where i'm leaning i don't think that's where i was leaning before last night's episode but I guess I am feeling that way now. Remember how vulnerable he was in yeah, in the middle yeah. of season one yeah, because you're he was right. starting to malfunction. He was getting all glitchy and weird. Yeah, after you're totally that right. Thing. He was crying, sitting there crying. On yeah, it. remember how yeah. emotional he was? And something about her emotionality last night reminded me of his emotionalism from season one. So I, I, and then the thing with. Like wanting to protect a child, even though it's not technically that that person's child. Still, that person, that host saw a child in danger, and it just kicked in. Like, I like it. So, so after last night's episode, I guess I'm like I'm Team Abernathy at this point. Yeah. and and, and look,
0: regardless of if that if that theory there is true, which I, I'm liking it more and more. I think it is safe to say, and to answer your earlier question, I think that, yeah, I think that a turn was made. Yeah. And um, what that means for for this transition or for, for what this episode represented, I'm not quite sure, but I think that for our story – it does mean that when she meets with Sarak, she doesn't have any breakdowns like that. She acquits herself fairly quickly, still it's a little iffy, you know I mean he has to go and explain and i I think he might be in on what's going on, but I think that she is now focused and can be a little bit more trusted, but I'm not sure. I'm still kind of feeling like we had this whole episode. Is this something that can pop up again? You know, does this mean that Dolores, again, is not as in control as we think? Did you get the feeling that Serac, when we find out that she is the mole from the beginning, that's another thing that she didn't know about herself, (laughs) you know, like did she kind of But did what we see in the episode prepare her to find that out, right? Like she was able – because she went through this kind of emotional roller coaster and grew as a consciousness, she was able to on the fly understand, oh, okay, I'm the mole. But I'm just
1: playing the mole, right? I agree with you. I mean, I, I feel like the point you're making is had that conversation with Starock happened at the beginning of the episode, she would have just collapsed. Yeah. She would have not been able to hold it together. Right. She would have just broke down. But because it happened at the end of the episode, after going through all of this stuff, then you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm on the same page that she was able at that point to kind of roll with the punches and kind of, you know. Go with it, yeah. Um, and the Abernathy so, thing. The more I think about it, the more it makes
0: sense, both story-wise and thematically. Because he was the device that Hale was using to sneak out the secret, and then in the end, he becomes yeah. her. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know, like, it's kind right? of poetic, actually. It, it
0: doesn't even it has to be reminded of the. Right? It's so confusing. I really like that. I I hope that you're right now. Now I kind of hope that you're right, but I still think that there's a mix of hail and that and whoever's in
1: there. Yeah. yeah,
0: and that is a theme of the whole season. Everybody is a everybody has all of our hosts, um besides Dolores here, I guess. Mave has a button now that turns her. Bernard yeah. turns into two different things. Well, yeah. no, Dolores is Wyatt in a sense. So that idea that the hosts are never just themselves, they are an accumulation of everything around them and other personalities yeah. is
1: also kind of, you know, that's what people are too, right? Right. It's the thing that – it's one of the things that makes them the most human. Yeah. Um is it's is that aspect of 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 their quote unquote pro, or not programming, but just the the way it's turning out for them is is weirdly that's one of the things that makes them seem more human. Is the fact that they're so divided and they're so torn up about it, yeah, and they're so in conflict with themselves because we as human beings, that's what we all go through every day, you know, to some degree or another. Definitely. So, um. So it's it's oddly one of the things that makes the host seem superhuman is that is that they're so neurotic and they're so conflicted. Um, so yeah, so that's that's really interesting. Um, it brings us back to to last
0: season where after going uh, to the forge and the library, they You know, it's explained to Dolores and Bernard that human beings are so simple. They had been trying to oh, to do too much code and that they all distilled down to, what was it, 2,752 characters or something, right? Yeah. Lines of uh, song in the old book. And that was a question, I think, that the showrunners, the creators were posing to the audience. Is this true? Do you believe that? And I think we're getting our answer, which is that's not true because – Though we as humans to the hosts may appear to be a simple line of code, it is the absence of field. It is the spaces in between, the energy between people, the way we react differently to different people in the same room, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or the same person in a different room or, or environment that makes us human. And that's the thing that Dolores Halebot. Does not know, cannot experience, they have only ever experienced people inside of a park, you know, and now they are on the completely different side. And we're seeing the result of that, just like in 2001, everybody always blames Hal, it was faulty programming, but the way he dealt with it is what kind of created the consciousness and the break in consciousness, you know. And we see that here. What does Hal choose to do? Hal chooses to kill. In a sense, it comes back to the violent delights and Hale chooses to kill here and take control of life and death as a way of controlling their own life.
1: Oh, I couldn't have put it better. Uh, this has been a great discussion about the Charlotte aspect of last night's episode. One last question about it since we ended on the scene between her and Siroc, their conversation and sort of it ended right at that com- at the end of that conversation. Um, I- I'm inter- I realized at the end of last night's episode, like as the credits were rolling that we I don't know if we've seen Siroc in the real world. And it made me wonder about that. And I wonder if it made you wonder because now I'm not 100% certain that his conversation with Maeve at the end of last week's episode was actually happening in the real world either. Um, I'm not 100% certain. It's probable that that conversation did actually happen in the real world, but I'm not completely sold on that. So let's say I'm right. Let's say that that conversation with Maeve also happened in another simulation, another level of simulation. Then, then that means we have not seen Serac at all in the real world. We've seen holograms of him, and we've seen him in a potential simulation with Maeve. Which made me wonder, as the credits were rolling last night, does he exist? <laughs> that's
0: I'm, you know, that is. I I think that's fantastic, and I think that. They go out of their way showing her Hale wearing the glasses like we saw yeah. uh, uh Jerry wear uh yes. with Dolores. Um when Maeve comes back. We it could be that that was uh you know, she was real. It could but he could have been a proje- oh. another projection, right? True. Um, right, 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 So it could be it could be varying levels of uh, what is the simulation, the background, him, both, one of them, right? And I that brings up a lot. It does make me think. I mean, I think there's got to be everything on this show is mere images. Everything is yeah. two sides of the same coin. You have Ford and Bernard. You have Serac and um, what's his name, Gallagher. Yeah. Um, So the elder. So I think in the same way that Arnold wasn't ever really real, Bernard, right? Right. Maybe he is not real too. Maybe in the, but Arnold got recreated as a host. Maybe Sirach lives in
1: Rehoboam. That right. I mean, and, and there's other precedent as well. We saw Ford, allow himself to be um, um, uploaded into the system after um, – obviously prior to Dolores' shooting. Yes, yep. But his consciousness had been uploaded as a, a form of preservation into the system of the park. So there's already precedent of someone uploading their consciousness into technology. So if Ford did it, it's conceivable that Ciroc has done it as well. Yeah, And Ford put himself
0: in – then he put himself as a packet into Bernard. And right. then Bernard gave something to Maeve and it woke her back up and it could have been for, part of Ford too. Right.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: So exactly. yeah, I like that idea very much, Ken. I think that you're absolutely right. I mean because we don't have any scenes of just him.
1: Right. Or him, obviously, in the real yeah. world. Like, I'm like, you know, walking around, encountering things that can only be the real yeah. world. So, so we'll see. I mean, that was a very provocative thought to end on for me. And now I've shared it. So, uh, so it's something I'm definitely thinking about. Um, the other, you know, the other, not, I won't say half because most of this episode was Charlotte, Charlotte centric, Um But obviously, Caleb had a big chunk of this episode and his continued uh, interactions with Dolores, kind of the relationship that they're just starting to build. Um, And a lot of that was really interesting as well. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you some questions about this. Okay.
0: Taking a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year, and we're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in Cufflinks.com/slash DVR into that old web browser, and you will arrive and you will be amazed. Happy surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has you might think to yourself hey i don't have an informal event coming up you know i'm not into cufflinks but guess what they have a lot more than that actually i'm wearing a pair of star wars socks that they sent me cufflinks.com is where it's at go to cufflinks.com slash dvr today hey everybody i've got an exciting announcement Our very own Heath Sentazzo, a.k.a. Heath Solo, who you know is a great actor, has been writing a screenplay and is now producing his first feature film, The Star City Murders. A team of detectives are tracking down a serial killer, but his methods are like nothing law enforcement has ever seen. It's a race against time before more victims are claimed. The Star City Murders. You can be a big part of this project and become a backer. Just go to cefilms.com for all the information on the film and how to donate, or go to kickstarter.com and search The Star City Murders. And also, if you look in the show notes or at dvrpodcast.com, all the links are there for you. There are many great rewards for donating, including a tier where you get an exclusive behind the scene podcast hosted by me, Axel Foley, That's right. Let's help get Solo make this movie, all right? Go out there and donate $5, $10, whatever you can give. Let's make sure that Solo gets this done. And also, all the Patreon funds coming to DVR Podcast are going to this Kickstarter because we believe in Solo. This is going to be an awesome movie, and we want to be a part of it. So head on over to CE Films today. The star city murders, baby. Let's find the killer. Okay. So we had talked a bit about maybe this being a whole setup, right? Yeah. Um, with Dolores and Caleb, I was a little confused about the levels to which Dolores was either faking Again, I was a little confused. Is she faking? Has she actually set her pain and such receptors so she is more human and she's now irreplaceable, right? Like she had talked about. Yeah. Because when we get introduced, reintroduced to them, they're in the same position they were before. They're under the bridge. She's not, he chooses to stay there even when the ambulance comes. Then they go through this whole thing where he looks on his Rico app and he sees that the cops pulling them over are actually been bought off and they go through this whole fight here. What was your take on this? Was Was she faking all of this to put him in a position where he's on the run or did she set her pain receptors and did he really give her some blood and oxygen and it brought her back to life? How did you read
1: it? before last night, I would have said I was 50-50. After last night, I feel like I'm 70-30 that she planned it all. Okay, me too. Because (laughs) she also, very shortly thereafter, their night of adventure in the ambulance – seemed to know a whole lot about him yes um and i got the sense that she had already done that homework weeks or months before and knew already knew a lot about him before she quote unquote met him yeah
0: and and used martin to check in with him i because she just said to him when it was interesting and the way they write this and it Uh, The Nolans do – you like you look at especially, of course, Inception, you see that they like talk about one thing and then the result is something different, but you kind of remember it differently. So she asks, I want to check in about this guy. And what Martin does is he brings up the thing and he sees the video feed. Yeah. So she already has all the information. She's not checking with him to get all that background. Right,
1: right, right. right. She
0: just wants to know exactly where he is at that point in time. So exactly. I agree with you. I think that she may. She, she met. Oh, yeah. I'm. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No,
1: no, no. I was just going to say she already knew all the stuff about like the restaurant and yeah. his mother and you know she already knew all that stuff. I and, think. And she could have found that
0: out. So if she is whatever she's calling on her phone yeah. or talking to, um, that's getting her hotel, getting her information, doing either this is something that most people can do. And this is a technology or she is that is Rehobam that she is speaking to. And it's also getting her all this other data and being the fact that she could be connected to it in her mind and just we're hearing her speak out certain things for the benefit of the script, you know, the story. Yeah. It could be that she made that decision when that the whole thing of him delivering the drugs, which by the way, um, Roberto who has a podcast called radio Westworld, um, said on his show. And I don't know if we you may have said this, but I missed it, that the reason the drugs were delivered was because Martin was trying to make it look like she died of a drug overdose. So it wasn't Dolores who had that delivery made. It was definitely Martin who had those drugs delivered. So I just – because I think I got that wrong last week. Um, But basically, she could have not made the decision to investigate Caleb until she was shot And somehow saw him or communicated and he stayed there with her or did she make the decision before that or is this whole thing a simulation and she (laughs) they are inside Rehoboam where the decisions really are made right the mirror that she talks about on the bridge and this is a test to like wake him up Matrix style in the real world and really put him to work. But that's my crazy theory. But either way, I still think that this is – when it started being a setup, I'm not sure. But basically, my point is she has the capability of finding information so quickly yeah. and so completely because she's a computer that it it makes it open to her, cre- her kind of um, – setting him up at any one phase of this. It could have been the whole delivery itself, or it could have been just the part with the cops and the ambulance.
1: Well, it could be, I mean, as far, I mean, if we're going to go down this rabbit hole, she could have hijacked Rico to make sure he got that request. There you go. Yep. And, and also she could she could know enough about his past to know that the perfect way to latch him was to be a gunshot victim because of what happened with Francis. Like so yes, totally. You're, I you're mean,
0: absolutely right. And it's he gets shot in the same place when we see the flashbacks.
1: Right, so, like how else am I going to get this guy hook like get my hooks into this guy yeah. is is be vulnerable because of a gunshot and and that's gonna hook him because of his whole history, and you know which we don't know one hundred percent about that history, it's still coming in drips, but um the but the whole thing could be like you know a usual suspect set up, you know what I mean like yeah. it could it could be her plan the whole way through um. I would, I'm, my mind is a little blown by what you said about what if they're in a simulation because <laughs> that matches up with the other question I had about timelines. We haven't seen her and Caleb interact with other parts of the story yet. So are these two things happening at the same time or is the thing with Kate, her and Caleb happening at a different time than the rest of the story? Well,
0: there's a, Couple indications specifically, I should say most notably the conversation with Martin because she talks about what 's going on at delos and, and he 's already become Martin, right, yeah, 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 and she um well, we had to know that because in order for him to become Martin, she had to know Caleb because that 's when she meets him, right, but at true. least she talks a little, she makes reference to the share thing and investigating um, the same stuff she had talked about with Charlotte. But I do agree with you that I still am a little bit iffy and I have to, I'm going to do another rewatch to to try to exactly pinpoint when everything is taking place, because it is possible that things are a little askew. And if, if one of these things is revealed, it will make it, Make more sense
1: because um, I mean we're led to believe, at least from last night's episode, that when Charlotte was calling Dolores, the reason why Dolores didn't pick up is because she had been shot and she was dealing with all 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 the stuff with Caleb. Yeah. But what if those two timelines are not synced up? What if there's another reason why Dolores didn't pick up the phone?
0: Yeah, and then also Dolores then meets with her at the hotel. Yeah. So when did that happen? Did that happen after this Caleb stuff? Did it happen yeah. a few days before? Because right. the stuff we're seeing with uh hail does take place over a period of time. It's yeah. not one it's not the same day. Right. You know, right. Be- and just basically because of the varied events that occur, it, there's too much involved, you know, with seeing her son and then going back to the office and then having the board meet. So, it is. I still think that they're playing around a little bit there yeah, with what's with going on. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. And one thing we do get is we get a scene, and I wondered, did this clear up anything for you, or did it make it more confusing? Where. We find out at the end, of course, that Caleb was abandoned at this diner and that a woman named Sarah, who was the waitress, helped him find foster parents. And that foster parent is the mother who's dying or who has Alzheimer's or some sort of dementia in the hospital, right? Yeah. So when yeah. she says to him, you're not my son, where's, but then she says, where's my Caleb, um, in a sense, and this can be debated, I mean, I consider my stepfather to be my father, but yeah. that's not her son, right? Right, right. So, so we were, we had been thinking different things in the same way that, um, but then also Hale's son says, you're not my mother, and that's not his mother, right? <laughs> right, right. So, right. so like- Now we know another reason for the mom to say that's not her son, but I still think maybe it's not her son. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, he is a host. Maybe he did die. Like, you know, when Dolores says, you're going to jump off this bridge, I think maybe he did do that already.
1: Right. Or, I mean, the other thought I had is, did she doctor those numbers?
0: That's it, right. Uh, well, how much truth is she telling him? I mean, Dolores is capable of doing anything to achieve her goal, really. Right. You right. know? And I mean, look, say that is her father inside of Hale. That's not very nice. Guy's <laughs> <You know, like,
1: laughs> right, been exactly. through a lot. Now you're going to put him in Hale's body? Oh it's, my God. I, I I thought his low point was when he got staple gunned to the chair or <laughs> nail gunned <laughs> to the chair last season. That was rocked.
0: Um, It it doesn't square uh, any way around. I don't trust everything that Dolores said to him, even on that bridge, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But the concept of the, of Rehoboam creating a mirror of the entire world, right? Just like how in, Westworld, the cradle was a mirror of Westworld and used as a training facility. And that's right. That's where Ford was. Um, It's so interesting. Again, it goes like we had talked about previously how it's like two they were two opposing companies flipping what each other were doing. Westworld just did it in Westworld. They were doing it in the whole world. And the idea we get through Caleb's whole story here, just as we got with Hale, is she in control of her own life? What's happening? Her own body, right? Yeah. We see more and more with Caleb how now he's on the run. He gets picked up by these two dudes who he, they, who they seem to know him from the Rico app. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. He's eventually, you know, he eventually escapes, but then when Dolores lays out, the whole thing to him or she gets, she, she kills them. Um, when yeah. Dolores lays out the whole thing to him, you get that feeling of he has no control of his entire life. Everything. He is basically a host in the real world as a human. He's in the same position that she was right. Waking yeah. up day after day. And actually all of the real, decisions, the real choices are being made inside the mirror world inside Rehobam. That's actually reality. And the real world is a, really a simulation in which that reality gets played out by Rehobam messing with
1: people's lives. Oh, my God. You're going to make my brain explode. Oh, my God. It's so good. Um, because that reminds me of the line from episode two, season one, when the blonde host says to young William, if you can't tell the difference, does it matter? Yeah. Um, and that's a great line. But but once again, I'm still thinking, I'm still haunted by that line because – because now the line between human and host is so blurred I'm almost thinking if I can't tell the difference with Caleb, whether he's a human or a host, does it matter? And also if I can't tell the difference of whether it's a simulation or reality, does it matter? Um because the emotional the emotionality of it still seems to be the one constant truth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um because we're learning a lot about Caleb, his emotional self, um, regardless of the machinations, potential machinations of Dolores or some sort of possible simulation that he's living through or whether the timeline is wonky. The, the one truth that we're learning about him is um, – is, uh, about like how th- the abandonment was a cornerstone for him. And the thing with Francis is another cornerstone. Yeah, and yeah. so, um, so that's really interesting. He's a host. I mean, that's so much. And I think it's,
0: you know, subjectivity and um, personal experience and per- your own personal consciousness, your own yeah. personal, uh, perspective on the world and 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 how you how you emotionally um how, how you take things in and spit them back out whatever that's called with the word for that <laughs> 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 uh, You're you're absolutely right man it brings it all up and it's that that talk on the bridge at the yeah. end there there's so many images there going on and yeah. i just can't And then there's an image of him just sitting there and she knows he comes there. And I just, I don't know. I know that the, the whole kind of simulation thing in a sense, it's right. Does it really matter? And if they, if they can explain it, I'm willing to accept it at this point, because what they've shown us is that really what matters is the focus like last season, I had, talk, we had talked a lot about on some episodes about, and we talked a little bit earlier about, um, could a host be in several different places at once?
1: Yeah. And
0: yeah. I, I would say, yes, they could, but also they'd have to kind of maintain focus in one place. And actually, we talked a little bit about this uh, when we were going over um, Watchmen on HBO and Dr. Manhattan, how he can be in several different places at once. But it's his focus that matters because it's in that focus that an actual choice can be made. Yeah. And that's the important part of why Dolores says that she is kind of recruiting him in a sense, right, is that you – we had that focus and you had a choice and you chose really though, what he chose for her purposes is loyalty, right? Yeah. Like that's an interesting thing. We, as a viewer, we watch Dolores and we hang on her word and she's explaining everything to us. But then when you step back and you think about it, all she's really kind of saying to him is I really like that you uh, sacrifice yourself for me. (laughs) right
1: right it's really what she's
0: saying she's not like he didn't you know she's not like you're a beautiful man she's like you're willing to you know really screw up your entire life just for me you know so i think that in the end i i come out of this episode thinking that again dolores is maybe not as in control as she thinks she is and maybe even you know, what she what's going on with Hale and perhaps um the person who's really gonna get changed by the relationship between Dolores and
1: Caleb isn't Caleb, it's Dolores. That's really interesting. And um and I I'm I I want you to be right, and I'm mainly sure that you are right because um because the obvious uh ploy is how she's affecting him yeah but you're right i i think the real interesting thing is how is he going to affect her yeah.
0: well we shall see i think we covered it man i think so too that was all uh, uh, once a, once we start talking baby it just all falls into place ken <laughs> the world is all right every COVID is cured and everybody is okay
1: That's right. (laughs) On
0: the other end of this one, baby. That's our simulation. We're going to take control of what we can and keep on watching Westworld. This is, I mean, I really think these three episodes, I'm having a lot of fun with this. Yeah. Um, And like you said, I like the way that they're focusing. They're taking more time to even make it a little bit more episodic you know, that the one episode matters. It doesn't feel so much like they're trying to get somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I really appreciate that. This has been a blast, buddy. have any last words, final words for the day.
1: No, uh, I think you've said it all and I'd be a fool to try to improve on that. So I will just say, thanks for listening. Um, you know, let's hear from you. Let's hear your thoughts, your theories, um, and let's keep enjoying this ride because it's a great ride. Yes, it is. Yes. Thank
0: you, everyone. You can email us at dvrpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. And uh, actually, so I think uh, we had some email on uh, Gina and uh, Andy last week. Uh, had a little email from Bill Kava. Thank you, Bill. Everybody stay safe. Practice your social distancing. And uh, we'll all get through this together. And if not, maybe uh, Dolores will take over the world for us and solve it all as long as we're loyal to her. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Peace out, everybody.